Hello and welcome back to The Zing with Bob and Bob. We are going to be discussing Toucan Carry Bioenergy and what it does. Stay tuned. Alright, good morning Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, we've got sunny skies. I think we're expecting a storm coming this way. A little bit of snow and ice. And you'd like to know a little more? Sure. What's what's Tukin Carry Bioenergy about? Well, Tukin Carry Bioenergy is about taking biomass or effectively waste material from agricultural operations and converting it to methane gas, capturing carbon dioxide, and producing high-grade quality organic fertilizer. And what do you plan on doing with this fertilizer? What would be the local impact of this fertilizer in this plan? Well, the local impact is we are in an area that actually lacks organic fertilizer and our soils are being depleted of organic material. So the idea is to be able to collect this manure, process it, and then return the fertilizer component of that uh, digested manure into the soil, particularly delivering it deep into the ground, not having to plow it in. So using a, essentially making it a liquid fertilizer that can be delivered to improve the organic material and improve the fertilizer content, which represents also reduction in cost for the local farmers. What would be the natural impact of this plan? Uh, the natural impact is to clean up a lot of our um, essentially agricultural operations like dairies and feedlots, remove the, the manure quickly enough so you don't actually grow flies, avoid leakage of nitrates which come from the fertilizer surrounding the dairies and the feedlots or right underneath them and uh, get it off to the, the farms where it's most useful in a processed form. So it's not what we call hot manure. It becomes digested, and which means it's plant available uh, nitrates and nutrients. And what would be the global impact of this plan and plant? Oh, the global impact is a, a conversion to natural gas that can be used to support the electrical grid or transportation, just generally uh, a storable energy source. But we also are going to be removing greenhouse gas emissions that were coming from agriculture and reducing greenhouse gas warming in the planet. This is a very nice way to get rid of greenhouse gases and solve other problems in our agricultural system. So it would have a wide impact on the environment. Now, economically speaking, how, what would be the jobs that would be produced from this plan? We'd be employing about 28 people on the plant Eight of those are truck drivers or farmers who can deliver the manure. So you say they're involved. And uh, then about 20 workers essentially to maintain and run the plant operations. So they're pulling in delivered manure. It's going to go through an anaerobic high temperature process. And then it goes through a gas separation device. And we return essentially nitrate or plant available fertilizer as uh, we've got solid and liquid fertilizer that will be trucked back out to the farms 
And there's an interesting component. The Some of the leftover solid materials called lignin can be used as cattle bedding or the, the material you spread in the pens to soften the ground for the cattle. And we eventually get that back again and get another chance at running it through the plant. Through the uh, use of this, uh, some of these products, you've been able to attract greenhouse growers, and you're still wanting to attract greenhouse growers. What would they be growing, and what would be the employment impact of those? Yeah, uh, we'd like to attract greenhouse growers simply because if they get close to us, we can provide heating and cooling for the greenhouse growers, which is very important. They need electrical power to run a lot of things to keep a greenhouse operation running, and they need to dispose of their waste and we can handle that. So the idea is they need clean water, uh, they need fertilizer, heating, cooling, and uh, electrical power. So locating, there's a synergistic relationship between the greenhouses and the uh, manure operation. So locate close by and it'll reduce their costs and increase their productivity. So the whole idea is that we wanna attract them We've estimated we can employ about 150 people in the greenhouse operations surrounding us. So the, the side effect is it creates a sort of a, a nice little center for greenhouse operation so, to be close to the, uh, the, the anaerobic digesters. Mm, very cool, very cool. And we already have one greenhouse grower right there who is part of uh, uh, what organization? Uh, yes, we have David White is setting up a uh, greenhouse operation, essentially a aquaponics system in which you grow plants and animals together in the same building. It saves a lot of water. It's effectively saving almost a hundred times or more uh, water by closing up your greenhouse. Now we can help him supply carbon dioxide. When the plants grow, a closed greenhouse needs carbon dioxide so the plant can supply the carbon dioxide to that greenhouse operation. We've actually set up a co-op called the, Tubencare, uh, the Tabletop Food Co-op in the area to try and attract greenhouse growers and set them up to be starter farmers. And the theory here is greenhouses could produce higher value or value-added products than what we call commodity crops, which is what we grow in this area. We grow a lot of things like cotton, corn, milo, and wheat which are commodity crops, and we're at a disadvantage because we are far from the grain silos and the essentially heavy uh, railroad uh, shipping out of this area. We're just small farmers, and we've lost a lot of our grain storage capacity. So if we can, we will be storing. We've got grain silos on the site and milling equipment, so we'd like to store the local grains for the local uh, farmers. Uh, and, and feed operations. And that, what happens is we have a synergy going on. We can reduce the cost for the farmers, but we also get to collect all their manure and process their waste. So, and then returning the fertilizer to local farms. So this is sort of like a bootstrap economy. It picks up the whole area by creating cost advantages of being near each other.
So a lot of people would be, I guess the question that might be filtering around is, why Tucumcari? Why would you choose a very strange place that is an historic Route 66 and very picturesque? Tucumcari has a couple very unusual characteristics in this area. One is we are near the Canadian River, so we have a recharge to our water table, and the plant is located on a very good aquifer, so we have the water to be able to process the manure and deliver it to the farmers as liquid fertilizer. So we'll be delivering water from our plant. So you have to have a source of water to do that. And we are on a very good secure water supply. South of us, they are running out of water. So the idea is we are not in the middle of the feedlot industry or dairy industry, but we're kind of on the side. And so say, let's start this operation. We're not gonna compete with their water in their area. So this is a way to say, and we also happen to have an existing ethanol plant. The idea is to build on what we have we have a small ethanol plant. It was one of the smallest. It was a prototype for other plants. So we want to demonstrate it can be done with a, an existing ethanol plant, and it will save at least half the cost by using something that already exists rather than building it from scratch. Now, the other unusual feature is we are near the carbon dioxide wells. Turns out we have a very large carbon dioxide deposit north of us, and it's used for oil exploration and just generally things like soda pop uh, to make the bubbles in your drinks. But the idea is that if you're close to that reservoir, you can put gas either into the reservoir or into the pipeline, we call the, uh, the lower grade carbon dioxide. We can supply that and it will be put into the ground for oil explorations or straight sequestration into old wells. Just pump the carbon dioxide down there and leave it. But we have an unusual feature that we are close to it. We're about 60 miles from the major wells and even closer to some of the minor wells. What is the uh, status of the project of Tucumcari Bioenergy? We are now at the point where we've got a schedule uh, to raise the money. We have just qualified for what's called a new market tax credit, which is an unusual program it's essentially organized by the government and uh, it uh, represents uh, private industry that needs an immediate tax write-off for their high capital gains. And they can put this into ventures that uh, can help the local community and their ventures that are difficult to invest in. So in this case, uh, we are a brick and mortar uh, operation. We're going to put in infrastructure that will be there for probably 30 to 40, 50 years to process uh, agricultural waste. And so the idea is that they are going to put money in uh, a small a fraction of the money we need, but it'll act as equity capital, which then we can leverage loans to then build the entire plant and do the renovations on the plant. So now we have the capital. We're also looking for equity partners that want to go in with this. Effectively, we like local investors because we want to share the wealth in the local community. Uh, and to expect that this operation will be very profitable. So the idea is to create a, what we call a circular economy in the local region. Um, and it has great potential to solve a variety of problems and increase the wealth of the agricultural community or the profit margin. Right. We talked about jobs earlier in the podcast, and you uh, 
said that it would be you have about 28 employees would you have uh, stock options or uh, other sort of situations for them uh, the, the, the most immediate thing we can do is give big bonuses pay everyone well but pay bonuses when we are profitable and when we make a good profit but directly uh, might say the simplest stockholder is one who gets a good salary uh, or payment for success in the business then the other possibility is the future. It's complicated, but having employee-owned stock. And we'd like to repeat this model for other communities. The idea is there are other, there's at least 60 other ethanol plants in the Midwest that are essentially shut down. And how do you bootstrap those operations? The idea is repeat this model. And there are many ethanol uh, facilities that are much larger than we have. And the idea is that you can do this in many communities where they have the, the, the biomass, they have dairies, or you've got call stover, the waste material off a field that uh, effectively you can process it and return it as high-grade fertilizer rather than having to plow, plow it and let it decompose or compost right on the field. This is wrapping up of the episode of Tukankari Bioenergy. Who are we? We are a high-temperature anaerobic digestion process built on an old ethanol facility to produce renewable natural gas, capture carbon dioxide, uh, produce high-grade organic fertilizer, liquid and solid, cattle bedding, and we can store grains and process grain we also um, can attract greenhouse growers, so a center for greenhouse growing because of all the advantages of being nearby. So it's many things, but the idea is this is like a, uh, a focus to improve our agriculture and change agriculture. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to everyone who's listening to on our Anchor podcast. We are grateful to have you listening and seeing you on the analytics the hello saudi arabia ecuador uh united states ireland uh everybody uh, we find it very interesting yeah we're kind of excited about uh watching who watches us so who cares and who's interested so come on ireland we want to see your numbers go up <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you're all good yeah, and if you have a question for Bob or Bobby uh, about this podcast or what we've been talking about, uh, just send us a, a drop us a line on either Facebook our Facebook page of Tucan Carry Bioenergy or on the Anchor app, and uh, feel free to look at our website TucanCarryBioenergy.com. Thank you very much.